This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. <laughs> I am as clo- just, just naked. Just I'm, naked I, from the I'm clothed. I definitely have been on about 30 episodes with no pants on. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's no, good to know. Any, how, about, how about no underwear? Did you go like full commando? No, I usually wear the underwear in case the kids come in. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Like, go away. Daddy's busy. Why, why do you have a ring light? It's an OnlyFans page. Passers <laughs> wide open. Gets the puck. Tours. That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all the amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me. And uh, now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> really appreciate that. Everybody to the PB1 podcast. Welcome to Smokinoggin and the Dungeon out in Burnaby. We got Brady. We got Ted. We got Ryan. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. And we're buzzing. And we are buzzing on a summer episode, no less. You should follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are a part of the Dean Blundell Network. We are partnered with Vanna. Will you please? Ted, that, that's your cue. Ted, that's your cue. We are partnered with Summer Skates. Thank you. That was just perfect, too. Like, not even looking around. I love it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We've uh, There's Canucks talk. I mean, not really meaningful Canucks talk, but we're going to stretch this one out somehow. We always seem to do it. We always seem to do it. 
We got lots. We got a little Brock. We got a little bit of PD comments. Apparently, that's a big deal. Um, we all seem to feel that that's important news. It's like when someone gets a haircut, it's a big deal in Canucks land. So we're going to chat about that. We're going to talk about the power play. Travis Green was on the VanCast earlier. And if you guys heard that, there's some nice little tidbits on there. Uh, we have a guest as well. Paul DeBron, formerly of TSN 1040, I believe uh, was the producer of Pratt and Taylor. But I will probably be wrong because he'll correct me on that when he gets here. Um, we're going to talk about what everybody's been talking about the last day or so, uh, lawnmower simulator. And Hell yeah. that's literally the only reason I decided to bring him on because he's a lawn enthusiast and he's a dad. And well, not much excites us anymore in life. Dad. Talk about like so. a total upgrade for gaming <laughs> systems. eh? like the PlayStation five, the new Xbox. Yeah. yeah. You can literally cut your grass. <laughs> cut your grass. And it's, it feels like real life, you know? I it's just, like a like they had a little while they had like pigeon simulator and they had like was there dog simulator like Tampa now we're doing we're doing lawnmower so there's not even a I don't even think you can get the John Deere in there like what's what's the point it's probably like a cheat two code. settings like you got you got turtle and you can when you get a little better you can throw it into <laughs> rabbit hair, rabbit yeah and it sometimes gets stuck like what you gotta you have to like hit all the buttons to move it to reverse somehow. Because if you yeah. got to ride them, you, just, you, you know, you just mash. Yeah, yeah, you just mash. Yeah, and it, like it's it's modeled. It looks like a little bit after the Tiger Woods game. There's like a pro mode or like pro view. <laughs> so like if you miss like like an inch, if you oh. miss like a little landing strip, it, you know, like when you hit the L one button and it does like the the path for the your back putt. stand or whatever. Yeah, yeah. all of a sudden it's like it's it's ridiculous. And yet I had just finished cutting the lawn yesterday and I saw this and I was like hardcore geeked out for this. So anyway, when DeBron gets on here, we'll uh, we'll have him on for a little lawn talk because why wouldn't you talk about that on a Canucks hockey podcast? So um, boys, how are you guys doing, dog. Brady? It's the dog days of summer, isn't it, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I'm I, good, guys. Look how excited I'm, I am. Uh, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Um... No, not mu- not too much to report. You know, just been been working, grinding, and uh, you know, happy to get back on the podcast. That one week hiatus was uh, kind of sucked. You know, we've been on a bit of a hot streak here with our podcast, so I'm glad to be back and glad to be uh, you know talking some hockey again. It's Debron's just looking for for a camera or in a clean spot to. <laughs> it's an inside joke. If if you were here before we all started, so we're all looking for a good place to this podcast. So. Is Ryan craps out. There you go. Yeah. Wi-Fi is working again. Yeah, I guess so. Something like that. Ted, you're doing good. You're at the office. I'm at the office. The AC is not working. It's currently 41 degrees in here. Mm, so Ooh. we're dealing. It's okay. Hotter than a set of twin babies. Oh, ho, ho. Ho, ho. no yeah, kidding. Any, any, any chance you get to quote the M based on heat, then you take it. You do. You yeah, hundred percent. Brady, it's, it's about to be. I mean, it is so hot that it could be mom's spaghetti in here shortly. Ooh, gross. That's that's. Uh... I love my mom's spaghetti. It's the best. <laughs> it's like, wow, how long have we been in here? It's five minutes. I'm We're always, screwed. Like, I know your mom, and, yeah. and and I can only assume that she cooks wonderful spaghetti because she's oh, a wonderful it's like, lady. It's it's her go-to meal. But I'm always suspect on your food takes now. Every time, ever, ever since that time we talked about burgers, and you were like, I like that frozen burger from the frozen section and you just put it on the grill and then you get a bun and then you yeah. put 
ketchup and mustard on it. It's so good. I like no meat. no mustard, just ketchup. I like meat. I'm, so I'm real plain. So you like the baby <laughs> burger at A and W, basically? Yeah, I like the teen burger. Add a little extra bacon on there, you know. So yeah. now bacon's involved. So now I'm actually a triple triple O's guy, and I, yeah, I gotta I, I, I don't care what anybody says. It's like hands down by far the best fast food burger out there. So we had this conversation a little while back. That was when Jenna was on. Were you on for that episode, Brady? I can't remember. Uh, I, I can't recall. I, I want to say that I was there. Yeah, Jenna, or maybe Jenna, maybe I wasn't. I'm not sure. Was, but was she's, she's awesome. No, you guys talk. There? I listened to it. I listened yeah, okay. to that one. You guys talked a lot of food that episode. We did. So Jenna, Jenna, fabulous. She of the awful food takes mostly because she likes potatoes. We talked about the best fast food burger, and I, I had to go with Triple O's too. I'm with you 100 on that. It's got to be yeah. Triple O's. Although, is it fast food? Because it takes a long time to get. It's starting to get that way now, right? It does take like five, six minutes. Yeah, I had to pull over to the side, even though there was nobody behind me. She was like, yeah, just pull over to the parking lot, you know? And no one came through for like the whole time that I was there, right? They just don't want to make eye contact. They're just like, doing my civic duty. Yeah, yeah, that's the vibe, right? When you get the pull over, please pull over to the side, sir. You're like, fuck, yeah. now I'm committing to more time happening here. Yeah, it could even be a I McDonald's. I just wait here and just stare at you through the yeah. glass while you try to attempt to cook my burger faster because I'm sitting here staring at you. I don't want to pull over. It's, I've done that at Arby's. Not good. You're just sitting there. They won't force you to leave. You just sit there. So if you order, like, if you order chicken, I usually get the chicken. I don't get the, the rubber burgers anymore from Arby's. And you just sit there. And you like could, the Cordon Bleu? That's, um, that's my I like the chicken bacon Swiss myself, the buffalo chicken. Um, yeah. But yeah, you just sit there good. and you just wait. And you wait. And you wait. And it's a long, long wait. At least with triple O's, they tell you to like go pull over, and you're thinking, okay, I'm setting myself up for greatness right now. At least you know what you're about to get. I mean, I love Arby's, but it's no triple O's. Arby's sauce and curly fries is like my my favorite. It's done, but perfect. But I but I, but I mean like the, the the only thing that might be better than that is just regular triple O's fries with triple O sauce, right? Mm-hmm. That might be. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Anyways, that's a lot of food talk. Yeah, it was. Um, before DeBron gets here, there was a big rumor last week. Did everyone see this that kind of they thought leaked or something that Besser shaved his locks? Did you guys see this? Yeah. I saw that and I, I thought I was having a nightmare. And it's like, but it's so true, right? Like, remember when Luongo got his haircut and it was a big deal? Like, this is the yeah, same everything's thing. a big deal in Vancouver. Yeah. So, like, Besser, like, there's a rumor that he shaved his head, and I'm thinking. No, this is news. This is news. We we need to have this either confirmed or denied. And if anybody's seen a clip, he still has those luscious Prince locks. So um, it's been debunked. It was on Mythbusters on Twitter, and uh, it's been debunked. So it was it was debunked at the beauty. <laughs> well played, well played. And what a beauty! Holy, yeah. I know it's no like you know they don't try very hard, but he lights it up every year, no matter what. I think he has and those to. jerseys, they're sick. They're freaking sick. Like I would, I would buy one. They're a sick pick. There you go. I tr- hey, hey. I'm trying to continue this uh, this uh, rhyming that we've got. So uh, Brock Besser didn't get his hair cut. Um, I guess we've got some time to uh, before he gets here to maybe talk about uh, Brady. What was the big news of the day? Well, I don't know if it was it was big news. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Canucks Twitter sure made it seem that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the whole world's like a whole Canucks world's uh, heard about it by now. But uh, Pedersen, I guess he had an interview, like a Swedish interview, uh, which was translated over. And um, he just kind of said a few things that 
you know, any sort of Canucks fan on Twitter could easily take the wrong way and what make type it of blow things? up. Well, can, well, can you um, well I, I got the I got the quote right here. How about that? Okay, uh, do the quote. Trans. Can we trans actually? I'll say, I'll say in Swedish for you first. All right. Let's let's no, no, let's put a kidding. pin in it because this is a weighted subject. Our 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 guest is here. He's here for a little time, not a long time. And holy crap! Okay, you guys are gonna love this, Ted. I think I lost the title for best mustache. I think you did. Holy, Holy crap. <laughs> Paul DeBron, welcome to the PP1 podcast. Hey. That mustache can stay. It's, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we got hit with the old mandatory mask at work. So a bunch of us grew them, and, uh, I'm the walrusiest. Holy. So your mask, when <laughs> you've got that on, it's like coming out the sides like a poorly trimmed, uh, something. You know, that's the worst part. It is. It's starting to look like, uh, you know, like a big gal's bikini zone down there when it comes out of the mask. Oh, uh, I've I I did know that feeling for a little while, and I've kind of yep. trimmed it down. So yep. look, that looks great. Um, thanks, man. Thanks, thanks for coming on. You've been uh, you've been a busy guy on Twitter, mostly for your car takes. Um, True. You're now in Nanaimo. Is that that's correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. God's country. It's it's not too shabby out there. And I mean, you guys are kind of like island it. boys too, right? Ted, you've you're. Did you live on the island at all? Yeah, I, I lived. I grew up in like Campbell River, so just like a little ways up. Up yep. the road, and when I was little, like I just didn't know any better. So Nanaimo was actually the Nanaimo. It was the big city. <laughs> it's big city. We still get back here, though. You'll talk to people from Parksville. They're coming into Nanaimo as a trip to the big city. They got their Costco run, everything. Got to fit it all in in one day. Yeah, there's like yeah. They, they always had different stuff playing at the movie theater. So maybe we'd make the trip up to Nanaimo, right? Yep. Yeah, it was good. Yep. good stuff. Yeah, I love that spot. They, they had the Lion yeah, King on. No one else did. Brady, sorry. I spent three years on Gabriel Island. I know there's like a half an hour ferry ride from Nanaimo, but uh, yep. yeah, that's where I was at for a little bit. I've been... Yeah, that's a great spot. You got family out there? What, how did you end up there? Me? No. Oh, uh... sorry. Nanaimo, no. It's, uh, my wife is originally from there, so we oh, met okay. over in Vancouver. And then, uh, yeah, I guess you know, my parents retired in Shemaine, so we'd come over here for a visit about once a month, and it was uh, you know, giving houses away over here at the time. So, uh, yeah, no, once, uh, once 1040 swung the ax, I, I moved right over. Yeah. It was an easy call, I guess at that point. Easy call. Good. Yeah. Now, now yeah, you're, totally now exactly. you're slinging vehicles out there. looks like you're doing okay. You got a van yeah, for sale, I think too. Doing okay. Yeah. I got a van. Anybody want to buy a caravan? That's uh, you know, move around <laughs> get that in the background. 2016, not a lot of K on it. Just parked down the street there. Keeping it minty. Nice. 55,000 nice. K free advertising <laughs> for anybody that watches our, our absolutely killing it show. Um, you get, you get hey, if, you say you, if you say you found out about it through the PP one post podcast, maybe you'll get a bit of a discount on it. You know, I'm going to throw in the remaining factory warranty for free. If you buy it from this podcast, <laughs> I yeah, feel like PP 110 for 10% off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, let's not get crazy here. 10%. I, I feel like eight. if you're going to use the word minty and, and caravan in the same sentence, then you're guaranteed to sell it. I mean, you're you're good. As it well. was. No, I defy you to find a better kept Dodge Grand Caravan because I would agree. Most of the time, it's a it's a cheap wagon. It's a beater with a heater. People run them into the ground. But I mean, this one, it was you know, it was well kept. It was dealer maintained. Little old lady known as my wife drove it to church once a week. You're in good shape for that thing. <laughs> like this is it. this is already like this again. This is what people come here. Um, first of all, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Very random, uh, random request this morning, and it had nothing yeah. to do with literally anything that uh, we do for a living. Um, but I sent you the clip this morning, uh, the lawnmower simulator, and you're all about keeping that. Looked incredible. 
looking you're all about keeping that uh, uh, yard looking. shoulder here we're pretty we're pretty green down the side there mm-hmm. so Squeeze you've got... one of the camaros into it while we're at it but yeah we're pretty we're pretty green down the side there so you know you're into your kentucky blues you're into uh you know keeping it mean and lean you're fertilizing like a king um what yeah, did you exactly what did you think about this game like were you like dadding out as as much as humanly possible when you saw it <laughs> So man, I thought it looked incredible. Because I, mean, I think like most guys, I've always I've always wanted a riding lawnmower, right? But I mean, I don't have enough lawn to warrant having a. I got eight thousand square feet. It's not a ton of space. It doesn't warrant a riding mower, nor do I have space to keep one. But I mean, that game looked incredible. Yeah. yeah I mean, the guy's dropping the roller down. I'm assuming he's got a brush attachment. You're leaving the ballpark stripes across it. Fantastic. This is what happens, right? Once we're too old to not fit in power wheels anymore, it becomes the ride em lawnmower. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a whole series of toys. You get a couple of cars and then, yeah, you get some, you get some lawnmowers. You know, I mean, you can go back to my shed. I've got different weed eaters for different tasks and it just, it just happens. So what I noticed, and I, I haven't seen like the full rundown on this game. Brady, I sent it to him and he goes, please, why did you send this to me? And <laughs> rightfully so. I mean, yes, if we take it all out of context, it's not exactly, uh, you know, going to be the highest selling video game, but maybe it will. Maybe it's just intriguing. But I don't think you can do stadiums. I don't think you can do like ball stadiums really? or, or EPL or something like that. It didn't look no. like it anyway, which is like that's that's a thing. Like you want to get the contract for like the MLB All-Star game. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like mow that Mariner logo into center field, all that paint over where the right fielder's been standing, picking his ass all season long. Mm -hmm. All the tricks of the trade. Absolutely. You want to do that. So I didn't see that. And I was a little bit bummed. I thought I don't have an Xbox. And if it's on like PC or something, maybe I kind of want to buy this game. But if there's no version update, I'm sure it'll be there. Yeah, it's probably the the first the first (laughs) firmware or whatever and then you get in i can't wait and did you see so they've got i was mentioned to the guys so they've got it's called pro view so after you've done your whole cut like on tiger woods when you hold down like you hit the l1 or whatever and it shows like your putt path it shows like the little fringes that you've missed on your cut right exactly you overlapped your lines a little too much you didn't space out properly going the other way to make the checker pattern Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean real ballpark you're gonna mow by gps too right so it's always perfect. So anyway, <laughs> I just figured like I I know you you've got uh, you know you got the grass game on on key and I figure like who else to talk about this than Paul DeBron and I mean yeah, you've already, you brought it instantly with the mustache the minivan <laughs> I I gotta mow that thing it's so distinguished I love it it's not terrible yeah gray creeping in the sides there. You should just let it's, it even go past it's, it's the fan out, the fan out that happens naturally. We can't all do that, Paul. So it's uh no, that's a lot of it's you know what? Honestly, the mask has been pretty handy for it because you can curl it up on the in the morning. All your wax is gonna dry into that shape by the time you take it off in the day at night. So honestly, thanks, Bonnie. It's it's working out pretty good for the mustache. <laughs> so you obviously got your robocall before this. So did you get your Bonnie My Henry the Bonnie Henry robocall? Have you guys had that? already no what's that it's uh so. for the the town hall i've got like three of them already really like a, a telephone like town hall. i just got one like half an hour ago like this is bonnie henry blah, blah, blah. call you can call in and ask questions i'm like really when's this gonna be over that was gonna be probably yeah my when's this gonna be over so exactly you know what's like, the end game here what's after delta what's the next one so, man why well, you have to start with e yeah, so like, I'm amazed because you think they'd work their way through the Greek alphabet. I don't remember hearing an alpha variant, but yeah. here we are at Delta. Yeah, so anyway, that's 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 cool, what's man. going on. So you might get one, and if you do, like, make sure everybody like tweet it out. This is a big deal. Maybe yeah. it's just Kelowna. Maybe we're just getting it out here. I don't know. So 
who knows? I don't know. We've been blessed on Vancouver Island with this, right? I mean, we're just kind of shut off from the rest of the world. And I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of it out there. So, you know, take care, guys. That's the go. way the Islanders like it, right? Or at least that's what it was for me when I was growing up there. No, that's exactly it. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, they always talk about building a bridge over here. And I mean, really, you don't want to see it until you're ready to retire and you can sell your house for billions of dollars because suddenly it's an easy commute into downtown Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's literally all we brought you on for. And you've been, <laughs> a, great, enough, man. You've been a gracious guest. I'm sure you've got family stuff to do. And uh, fair like, enough. look at family that. Family stuff to do, cars to wax. He's got the the dual. You got Mustaches the two, to wax. Look at that thing. That was you yeah, just got that too this summer. That IROC, hey? Tell us a little bit I, the IROC there. Dude, oh, it's not an IROC. It's a one LE. So I mean, if you're a real Camaro oh. geek, that's the racing prep package. Got a B4C on top of that. That's your special service law enforcement package. So these guys used to be used, you know, high speed pursuits, highways. You know, I mean, if you really want to nerd out over it, it's one of 589 built. So oh. yeah, no, nice little little score. I scooped up off the lower mainland, went and picked it up. Did a little bit of work to it, not a lot, but I mean, it's uh, here as we get into it, it's uh, it's in pretty good shape, but a hundred thousand miles on it. U.S. car originally out of Washington State. Wow, couple yeah, so you can confirm orders? that it's probably not that much fun. Yeah, what's that? You can confirm. You no, know it's funny. It's I like telling people fun. like it's it's badged up as a rally sports. It's got the big RS on it. I like joking. It stands for real slow because it's nineteen ninety two fast, but it's twenty twenty one slow. Okay, just go and buy it. Your minivan, your wife passed you in the minivan. Like shoot. This isn't as you know what honestly I think this thing would have a tough time hanging in there with that grand caravan. No isn't kidding. that funny? It eh? could be yours today for a mere twenty two thousand dollars. There you go, folks. So uh <laughs> don't worry, we'll we'll make sure that we uh tweet the link out after. <laughs> it's all good, man. Perfect. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Have a great right, one, buddy. Paul. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> See you Thanks, later. Paul. Oh my goodness, that's awesome! Oh, I like, can't believe we got him on to talk about. I didn't realize you were actually going to talk about lawnmowers. That was it. That was the entire sale. I said, "Do you want to talk about Canucks?" He's like, "I haven't paid attention in a while." I'm like, "You know what? All good. Let's just talk about lawn." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brady. Let's get back to the the Pedersen tweet. Yeah, back to the Pedersen uh, situation. Like I was saying, it was an interview in Sweden. Uh, got translated over, and there's been some. Uh, you know, Twitter's been crazy today. So uh, basically what he said, and I quote, uh, I want to stay there. Big word coming here. I want to stay there now. But I also want to play for a team that's winning and has the chance to go far in the playoffs every year. I feel like we've got a chance to do that next year. If we have that chance when my next deal expires, I don't know. I just want to play where there's a chance of winning. Well, and dun, yeah. dun, dun. I mean it was definitely taken somewhat out of context. Like everybody, like always takes that one, the juicy part of the quote. And at the same time, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does want to go to a winning team. And if this team does start to suck, like any good athlete would do, he's probably going to ask for, you know, his way out at some point. If things get good. Yeah. Obviously he's going to want to stay. It's a no brainer. Did So did you say if this team starts to suck or, it's basically what he's saying is if like this, the this team, team isn't good, good a while. in a few years, if they're not contending when his next contract is up, he's going to want out. Um, yeah. So I think right now kind of, he might be a little hesitant on signing long-term because he's a free agent in four years, or UFA in four years. So, I mean, he might be a little hesitant on signing longer than that right now. Mm-hmm. And this good. This goes back to I was trying to rib Ryan a little bit, being like, if this team starts to suck, he's going to want out. And I'm like, this team has you know what I mean. Sucky. Like if they continue to suck, but I, I mean, I guess this harkens back a little bit to what we were talking about last year, right? Like 
are they going to try to lock him up for a short-term deal? Are they going to try to lock him up for a long-term deal? Just based on those comments, it sounds like they're trying to lock him up long-term, Yeah, which mm-hmm. I believe is probably the right thing to do. And then they bridge. I know we talked about maybe we need to bridge so we can fit him in under or however that works, but he's not feeling it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he's not, he's not feeling the level of commitment that I think a player like him and Hughes should be feeling to want to commit to somebody mm-hmm. long-term. Like, I mean, you, you're, if you're date, if you're dating a girl and, and you want to, it's time to move in, you want to make sure that she's got all her shit in order and she doesn't have a bunch of, of ugliness going on in, in the, the past and, yeah. and, and she's got a bunch of debt or whatever. There's a bunch of reasons why, but like, if, if there's a bunch of issues forefront, then then why do I want to commit long-term if you haven't got your own shit sorted out? So yeah. I can I can see that. I see where he's coming from. Yeah. And I just think it's pretty crazy that, like, you know, Canucks Twitter is obviously going to freak out about any little thing, especially something like this. Like head But, I mean, there's, there's like, that, yeah, like there's that total other side of it. Like, isn't that what any hockey player really should say? Like, I mean, doesn't every hockey player want to win? And no one wants to play for a losing team. I mean, you look at the Canucks. They've made the playoffs once in the last six years. So, I mean, what else is he supposed to say? On a technicality, too. They made it on a winning percentage. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. and another thing is I thought thought this was gold. I'm just going to bring this up. Uh, I retweeted it on our page. It was from the hockey guy. Um, TH go for, uh, uh, yeah, the the goat of YouTube or something like that. Yeah, the hockey guy. Anyway, he goes Pedersen, and I quote, I have, I wanted to have a chance to win, and the Canucks fans, in the Michael Jordan uh, gif. And we took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it is. It's so pretty good, and it's so yeah. true. Like Twitter yeah. blew up and freaked out. Took it personally. It's like, come on, man. You know what? I think the last two years have definitely. Again, we're probably making way more out of this than just like everyone else than we need to. But the last couple of years, there's been a lot of crap that's happened. Like, obviously, I'm still bitter about the Tyler Toffoli thing, but that was one of those big things. That really pissed everybody off because they actually thought, hey, we made the playoffs. Why are you deconstructing what we just did when clearly we didn't need those other pieces? And maybe we don't have to have OEL at this point, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're a hundred percent right. I mean, I think I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You have to show a commitment to your star players that you're you're willing to win. And I don't mean like a commitment like I'm willing to break down this roster in a bunch of areas to make a trade. Like commitment to continuing to manage it properly and correctly throughout the course of time like you know involving them on on how you're constructing this roster i mean when when you're doing things like you know re-upping or or signing a fringe defenseman to a four-year deal for 2.5 million dollars that's not a ton of money but it's 2.5 million dollars committed which could ultimately impact what you're going to pay pd and hughes yeah and now we kind of have to go back to the point, like I, I said earlier, uh, the other episode that like, we can't, we can't say this off season is a success. People were asking me to grade it. And I said, you can't grade it because this, the season is incomplete, right? Mm-hmm. This, this isn't a complete season until Hughes and, and Pedersen sign. If all of the great moves or all of the average moves or all of the poor moves, whatever you think, all of the moves that were done by this management group between now and the start of the season are completed and they still don't somehow lock up Pedersen and Hughes, then this off season is a failure. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to give a grade earlier when I said, you know, what's the grade on this off season so far? It's incomplete. So it can, yeah. we can't measure the success of this off season until Pedersen and Hughes re up. If they don't re up, 
it's a straight up failure. And I think they want to see a pattern of improvement, right? Like just like any any team, any fan base, you don't want to see it be like a you know the no. Rocky Mountains. Like you want to see it keep climbing, like on the prices, right? You want to see that yodeling dude go right to the top. You don't want to see it tank because he went too far. You want to keep seeing improvement. And I think that's fair. Like these are the two guys that are going to matter the most need to get paid right now. And you have to show them or do whatever kind of sell you need to saying, we would like to sign you or you for this long. And then we're going to bridge the other guy or however they're going to do it. But they need to have a buy-in too. They need to realize that, hey, yes, these couple things we screwed up. And I think, I mean, just like anything, we'd always love to hear the the honest approach like, hey, like Naslin, we choked. That was the one of those only times we're like, okay, yes, thank you. All right. That's all. I accept that. I'm, yeah. Exactly. Like, you showed us some honesty. We're going to stick with you guys. And that for Pedersen and Hughes, I think that's fair because they're going to come. You know, there's all these negotiations going on right now, and it just kind of get the vibe where, you know, Jim Benning goes to, to Francesco, and, you know, he's like, um, Francesco, um, so we we got an agreement with Quinn. He's asked, you know, we, we got a, a bridge deal, $8 million a year, but he wants the, that Wu-Tang album, and there's only one of them, so I can't get that so i think we might lose quinn and then pd he just slid me a note and it said suck it benning so <laughs> we're having we're having a tough day i mean i i still i like again i said it last week a week before last i still wonder if there's enough in the kitty to get these three players signed i i i honestly feel that everybody i got scoffed at last week on on twitter for saying the same thing People in, in circles that I know were, were reaming me out saying like, how can we not? But here we are weeks later still with these guys unsigned. And if they don't sign for some reason or anything happens, the off season's a failure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're trying to fit them in for, but these guys aren't taking pay cuts. Yeah, apparently they're not they're not close in negotiations. And, and why would they be close, really? Right. I mean, we can't ask them to, to, to take less money. No, the Canucks can't ask them to take less money because they've done a poor job at constructing their roster. Yeah, it's not their fault. No, no it's not. It's not their fault that they're signing fringe defensemen to two point five million dollar contracts on, on four year deals, or you're paying third line wingers two and three and a half million dollars, or you know you get rid of a guy like Ben and then you bring somebody on that's similar. What 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 are we doing here? You're not you're you're wiping away the problem and then making a new cut. It doesn't, have, it doesn't help anything. I have a good idea. So you know how they do the father's trip and sometimes the mother's trip right every year. Remember uh, yeah. uh, Bartowski, his mom was like a big hit, right? If they do the mother's trip in the next like year or two, and Tucker Poolman's mom comes on this trip and he scores, we're gonna get to see Mother Tucker Poolman. <laughs> That's gonna be great. You should just bring Bartowski's mom back. He probably could. Like, <laughs> I know he's not on the team anymore, but would you mind? Would you want to come to a trip to LA with us? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so, Brady, do do you feel? And you felt pretty confident when we spoke last about this that this is a deal was going to get done. It seemed all good. Mm-hmm. No worries. Are you still in that same mindset? Yeah, I mean, I I am, and uh, like further along with that interview. Um, like uh, Patterson said, like he doesn't, he's not a part of the negotiations, but he, and they're not close, but he is, he's confident. He's fully confident that they'll have something done by uh, the beginning of the season. So I'm just going to stick with that. I think there is money there. It's going to be extremely tight, but um, like, I mean, the worst comes to worst, 
if we have to move money out, I still don't think we're going to, but there's there still is that option. So don't you get the feeling that if if the Canucks have X amount of dollars to spend, three mm-hmm. three three key players to lock up still, mm-hmm. and there's X amount of dollars, that it means that there's not enough in what's available to them to sign these players. Cause I'm assuming they're going right up against the cap to make this thing work. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, I think these players are going to, going to, uh, you know, stick to their guns and kind of get as much money as they can. Um, but that puts them right up against the cap. That's though, what right? I mean though. Do you, do you think that, but I mean, they will, they will be hundred percent or, or under the cap. Like they'll be right, right along the line for sure. But I, I, I don't, I don't think we're going to see, like Jim Benning can't afford to go into the season with one of these players not signed and playing and ready to play. Um, and I mean, I don't really have much else to say on that other than I, I still think they're going to get something figured out. Um, but we're just going to have to wait and see. They did it sign makes, one it guy. Makes me, it makes me suspect that they didn't leave enough to sign these three remaining players. That would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at cap friendly right now. You can move some money around with the latest Teal Levy signing. It's down right now. It's with a a pretty big roster. They're sitting at you know a shade under thirteen five. So yeah, that's not too much money for three guys. Um, but like we said before, like we've talked about this quite a bit. There's the Furland money, and obviously there's a couple players you can send down as well. So we're still looking around that nineteen million range. So I mean, that's. You can give one of those guys nine million, and uh, you know, go from there. Do you think that? Do you think that if if it got to nineteen million with the Ferlin contract being moved down, and then other guys being papered back to back Abbotsford, to, not Utica, sorry, back to Abbotsford. Do you think that that we're looking at these three players combined possibly taking up more than the nineteen mil? I mean, I feel like like Dickinson's going to be in that what two and a half kind of. I think two and a half, maybe a little bit over. It just depends on time. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's guaranteed to make more than Poolman. I don't think he's going to make three though. I think a lot of people are seeing around the three million, but I just don't see that for a guy who has never even scored double digits in goals. But you know what? Two hundred fifty grand in this case is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I know, and isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. If you're, um, if you're but like, and you're known as like one of the premier shutdown centers in the entirety of the NHL. And you haven't scored double digit goals, definitely Brady. You're right on that. And you have a defenseman in Tucker Pullman that's that's making 2.5 million. That's what people are estimating you at. And then you have another guy on the roster named Tanner Pearson who's making 3.325 or 3.25, who's also a third liner. I mean, don't you think that you're at least around that or or close to it? Yeah, I don't maybe know, you're just, right. Like right, like right in the like right in the middle, like two two seven five. <clears> I just I, I don't see him being. I see him being closer to two and a half than I do to three million personally, but I mean I'm no expert. Um, but you, I mean, but if you, you want to keep it, you were one you for were a while. One. Yeah, you were one. <laughs> a side expert. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. Bob's kid. Oh, he knows that's Bob's doing. son. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, if you guys want to, I think we'll leave it that at, at the at the Pedersen. We'll leave it at that. Like I think there's still time. He's confident. We'll but talk, I mean, we'll talk about we his can talk next about week. like well, we should talk about Quinn Hughes and um, kind of the the big contract that everyone's pretty shocked about that could really uh, you know affect Hughes's contract. I mean, all the defensemen are signing for more money than anyone would have thought. But this uh, Darnell Nurse, holy crap! Someone else want to take it away from me? Why did he get so much money? <laughs> like, Is that left- because he signed two bridge deals? But because like, we- I mean. He's getting paid like I would say like three million too much. But they signed Duncan Keith, or they traded for Duncan Keith, and we remember Ted, you and I like I don't even think we got into word for like thirty seconds because we were just laughing. 
and he may have a good season. But you go and you sign, you go and sign Darnell Nurse for that kind of money. It was nine mil, right? Yeah, nine point. I'm was sorry, nine point five or I'm nine point two five. I'm he's sorry, in the nine, he's in the nine conversation with Seth Jones. But he got paid more uh, than Makar. Did he not? He got. I'm pretty. Yeah, yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure it was nine five. What I mean, world are we living in right now? Out. Like, what world is this where Darnell Nurse is getting more? And I'm sorry. The Connor McDavid argument doesn't fly with me. You do not get that kind of money. You're not in that same tier as a Kale McCarr and a Mira Heiskanen. Like, you're just you're just not. Did I say Heiskanen? Yeah, that's that's the guy I'm thinking about, right? Yeah, I, nine. I'm 9. great with names. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> with a no movement clause for the first uh, five five years. Which is nuts. That is like, insane. You know what I love about this though? It's like as bad as we can feel about the Canucks. Like we can look at this and we can laugh. Like we can look at the Edmonton Oilers and we can go. I don't want to. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of bad contracts going around. Like 100. There's so there's obviously there's obviously this, this nurse one is terrible. Like the Seth Jones one is really bad. The they're all bad. The, the, the Kale McCarr is a good one. That's it. The Drew Doughty one is obviously bad. The Kale McCarr one is genius, right? Yeah, I mean, the Canucks can get away with doing that with Hughes. They're they're in great. They're in a great spot. The the OEL contract is really bad. But they didn't sign. How does him it to look that. now, though? But how does it look now? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's aged, but he's also thirty compared to a twenty-six-year-old defenseman. So I will say that out of those guys, it's possible that that Nurse has the best chance to live up to expectations, even though he will still one hundred percent fall short, just oh, because yeah. of what he does yeah. defensively. His good season last year was an outlier in terms of points. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? I mean, again. Like, but these still aren't great. These God aren't bless them for getting that contract. Man, if you can sign a deal like that, all yeah. the power to you. I mean, live it up, man. Yeah. That's amazing. He, but is this strictly? Is it strictly? Than, sorry, go ahead, Ted. Oh, it's still better than it's still better. Like, sorry, the OEL contract is still better than that, simply because we have another team taking on a portion of it. But even at seven some odd million dollars, it's still not a great contract, right? No it's way. Still, no, it's mm-hmm. still pretty awful. If we're really being yeah. honest about what a guy's going to have to put up points wise to live up to a seven million dollar contract. So, how much does these do these back to back RFA deals play a part in this? I know, I know, we're not going to go back to back with RFAs for for PD or Hughes, but it makes you kind of think: Do we want to do these bridge deals now? Because ask, ask when you have the bridge deal, obviously these guys are getting overpaid, man. Like, yeah, you're right. What ask do you guys you- think? What do you guys think he's worth? Quinn Hughes. Huh? No, uh, nurse. Like, what do you think is realistically his is his number? Well, at least two million less. Yeah, I'd say closer to three, but yeah, yeah two to three I, million I said less. At least, like, at he least got two he got less. overpaid, like yeah. big time. Yeah, I put him somewhere between the six and seven range because of the amount of minutes that he can log and how he can help sure. your team out defensively. Like, I think yeah. if you look up on, on natural stat trick, I think I think he's he's a, a, a he he holds his weight above water right he's better he's better than a replacement player obviously right but offensively that's where the issue falls for me because i don't think and i could be completely wrong he could have turned the corner and turned himself into a reliable offensive contributor i think that it's an outlier and i think that it's probably not going to get continue to to ascend past this season for what he did offensively that's just like a louis erickson contract 
He got his thirty yeah. goals, no, and that's a bit, that's a really bad one. But yeah, I mean, no, you know what I mean, though. He has we're that not good even season. talking about Drew Doughty and the amount of money that he's taking from the Kings year after year, either. So he's got two oh, cups. For sure. He has but two I mean, cups. He got to two back cups and two two gold medals. But, um, and this is what I'm this is what I'm talking about. Like, I don't. You can't pay guys for winning cups. Like, I don't care what they did. If it if it means that you have to keep them on your roster to handcuff you for the next nine years, see you later. Yeah, I, and I think maybe that's the other thing people need to start thinking about too. Like, you're 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 definitely right, Ted paying guys after they win so if you've won two unless you are and maybe you are maybe you're absolutely convinced you can win three but i mean if you've won unfortunately as a business we don't necessarily need you anymore like if you won two cups like hey man like we got in while the getting was good um we're more than happy to make sure that you have a great new team if you don't want to be here, but we're not going to pay you what you probably deserve to get paid um, because you already did the exact thing that we'd be paying you to do, and that's win a Stanley Cup, and you've done it twice, so thank you very much. Can you guys want to hear something that? funny? Yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking at I, I was talking to these guys at work about this, and uh, it's not technically their first line. We'll say it's their uh, their top power play unit for the Oilers. Uh, you put uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, um Nurse, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and Hyman together. That is half the salary cap. That is 40, almost like it's just shy of $40 million. Thank God. Thank God for them. Could you imagine like... <laughs> Thank God for them. PP1 goes down and like, who's on two? We don't know. We need to get some Oilers guys on this podcast so we can see what they're thinking about. Like how they... Because th- we've been the laughing stock for years now. And still, yeah. still kind of are, but and we still kind of are, and that but, doesn't even include Duncan Keith. Yeah, that's true. Well, he won't be and, on the first power play. Even though we've been the laughing stock for the last little while, somehow against all odds, another GM came along and did an even worse job. Yeah, way worse. That's wild. That is. Benning wild. looks like a freaking gangster in this situation. His his summer <laughs> compared to Holland. Ken Holland's, like holy crap, <laughs> night and day. Unbelievable. Um, Brady, you had a little uh, little poll question that you put up on the account. Uh, you want to fill? Yes, it? yeah. I think we're gonna try to start doing like a weekly uh, poll question. I think it's just kind of something we want to do to get our listeners a little more involved. So uh, you know, Yulevi signed. He uh, he uh, didn't go with his qualifying offer, which was actually like twenty twenty five thousand more than what he signed for, uh, which was a two way deal, obviously. So he's betting on himself. Gets the one way contract. At- at uh, league minimum 750 uh one year deal uh so i put it up on the our uh question of the week uh will you levy prove himself worthy of being an everyday nhl player this season or will he be outplayed by jack rathbone and brad hunt um options were yes he will prove himself no he needs to move on or it's just too early to tell and uh, at the end of the day uh yes he will prove himself came in yes he will need to prove himself or he will prove himself sorry um came in at 60 yes he will prove that he's uh that he's ready to outplay rathbone or no he needs to move on and the third one is it's too early to tell uh actually people are our our listeners are believing that he is ready to prove himself and uh that he will actually in fact be our sixth defenseman this year wow which i thought was pretty surprising um but it's like for me as just as a Ulevi supporter, um, I want to see him do well. So I was glad to see that uh, you know we have some fans out there that want to see the same thing. If that will actually happen, I'm not sure, but I'd love to hear your guys' take on it. Go for it. Yeah, I I, I don't know. A lot of times, you guys you guys know me. I don't always um, <clears throat> judge it solely based on the player. I, I judge 
a judge of the player and the contract and what kind of bet you're trying to hedge here, right? Because we could talk about the fact that OEL might be the second best defender on his team, but that his contract might not dictate so, right? Um, so I think if you look at a guy like Yulevi, I think, I mean, I said this earlier when, when the signing first happened, this is, it's league minimum. So it gives him a chance to get into the roster over a guy like Rathbone, over a guy like Hunt, um, when clearly, we just talked about it, we're going to be 100% right up against the cap when every dollar is going to count week to week. And we've seen the Canucks have to go through this when Gilman was here, um, moving monies around, making sure guys are being papered back and forth. So that's going to give him an advantage to get into games. And I think probably maybe games that he might not even deserve at that point, but, but it's going to give him a chance to get into those games so that he does prove himself to, to win this spot. And at this point, if he's a $750,000 first former first round draft pick, I'm, I'm okay if he's patrolling our, our, our bottom three pair or bottom two pairing uh because he's i don't really care what the past is at that point i care about what he's going to do on the roster currently and if he continues to pan out at that point i'm not sure but the bet was placed correctly so that's that's where i am with this i think that there's talent there i think that he can still turn his game around i think injuries have hurt him you know brian allen if you guys remember brian totally. allen went through a Kurt. lot of this with injuries probably could have been a better player than he was but he's still a very serviceable defenseman that played a lot of years in the NHL, former first round draft pick that was hampered by injuries early. But what he um, did early was amazing. I called him career killer because every time he hit a guy, I yeah, thought he his, hit that guy his... into Brendan Morrison and he... hurt them both. Yeah. We had like Buzz, Buzz Killington, I think uh, Clever Hands 1981 on Twitter. Yeah. When I posted that tweet earlier, he was like, he's a lock. I mean, this guy thinks he's a lock. Um, it's Rathbone. That's everyone's darling, but that's going to be, but he's going to be sitting in the press box. So he, he believes he's going to, badly outplay Rathbone. And he's the same thing. He's been hurt pretty much his entire development. Benning is smarter than people give him credit for. Uh, Ulevi is a top four D man on this team by midseason. I think that's really high praise. Top four is, I that's bold. That's I don't think I don't think we're going there. I can appreciate what Buzz is saying. Obviously, there's potential and ability to do so. Yeah. Um, but I think this is, a, I think it's a really smart signing for a player that you've invested some previous stock in uh, that you at least know what you're getting. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I like the deal only because I guess for a lot of the things you said, Ted, is that, yeah, you're right. He's going to get sheltered minutes because he's essentially on that third pairing. So they're going to put him out where they know that they can trust him. I mean, he's not a terrible hockey player. He does have definitely a lot of talent. That being said, he, he's had a lot of things go the other way with him, whether it be injuries or, or what have you. So I think a healthy training camp. And I mean, the last two years have just been, I mean, there's guys, guys like Nate Schmidt that had a bad last year and a half too, right? So there's even some of the star players haven't exactly had things go their way. And I think a guy like Yulevi, you know, do I see him absolutely panning out? Maybe not. But at the same time, I'm willing to give him a chance. I'm willing to see him in games. Maybe you're right. He doesn't belong in, but because of the cap, he's forced to be there. And if he's your sixth defenseman or seventh defenseman and you're putting him or Rathbone in, I think that's a pretty good option to have as opposed to putting someone in. You're like, oh, man, we don't have a choice. We have to put so-and-so in. And to me, that's okay. Like, if those, if that's who you're cycling in on your sixth man for, for defense, that's, that's an okay problem to have. We're clearly, mm-hmm. The Canucks are clearly not a Stanley Cup contender. They're going to be fighting for every single game this season as far as, you know, the standings go. You know, they're going to have some gimmies, obviously. But to have Ole Ulevi out there and probably be able to see him progress properly if he is healthy and he, he carries through, 
there's probably a chance for him to to do a lot more damage than he's shown. And as the sixth defenseman, that's about as prime as you're going to get. Like, you can't really ask a whole lot more. And he's not making a ton of cash, so you don't feel bad either way. Like, if things go good, hey, man, it's a bargain. If they don't, you know what? Like, we're still okay with keeping you in the press box and we can bring you in tomorrow night if need be. So. Yeah, it's the optics, Ryan. Yeah. You're 100% right, right? No, because if he goes the, the 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 way of Vertanen in previous years and, and you re-up and cash in a little bit, now people are expecting that much more out of him. People are, are looking at him like, yeah, he was a first-round draft pick, but he doesn't carry that expectation anymore. He's not mm-hmm. an eyesore, though, like Vertanen was. Like, Vertanen would come to camp out of shape. Like, Ulevi wants to play, and he, he can wants it, play, yeah. and he's just been snake-bitten with these injuries. And I think that's a big part of why he's signing yeah. what he's signing and why he's had, you know, why the opportunities he's had hasn't exactly panned out. If everything went the other way and we started out with a healthy Ole Ulevi, I bet we're talking about a different player. Maybe not an ideal top, you know, top 10 player, potentially, but I bet he's a lot different player than we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, this, this led me, this, this signing really led me to, to something, um, and I was thinking about since we're so close to that, to that 81.5 or we're going to be right when we, when we try to sign, uh, Pedersen Hughes and, and Dickinson, right. Um, if it came down to it and it was Rathbone, uh, who outplayed you Levy, um, do you think Benning's at a point where he, I wouldn't say happily, but. Do you think he would be okay with putting Yolevi uh, on waivers, or do you think that's something he's not willing to do yet? You and, can't. And this and this one way contract automatically gives Yolevi, whether he earns it or not, the up the upper leg on on Rathbone. Yeah, I don't think they put him on waivers. I think they trade him if if that's what it comes to. I you can't. It's one. It would be another. This is my two cents. It's one more guy that if you put him on waivers. You've you've basically given up at that point, and you've been able to send another guy away with no return. And I think we've seen it mm-hmm. way too many times. And he's finally bought back some of his stock in all the haters and in all the things he's done. He's finally done a massive cap dump. And obviously, I was thinking about it today too. Arizona made a lot of that deal because it was actual money going the other way, and Vancouver worked out because it was cap money going the other way so they kind of helped each other out in in a way because obviously arizona isn't exactly bringing in the cash so actual dollars make a big deal and they don't have to pay a lot of money for the guys that they received whereas the canucks do and the cap it is a little bit better so you know i i look at both of these and i think based on that benning's finally done a few things in the good and all of a sudden if he goes right back and i know it's only you levy i mean this isn't groundbreaking stuff. This isn't going to break the team. But it's one more guy that if they put on waivers, someone's going to claim him because he is good enough mm-hmm. to be on someone's team. And, I mean, if the Canucks are finally going to give up on him, oh, man, Hellfire and Brimstone, too. It will be the next Well, I guess, happens. I mean, if, let me rephrase the question then. I mean, obviously, because if you're in that time crunch and you're also in that cap crunch and you need to get under that cap when the season starts – you're obviously going to be trading him away if you've made that decision for lesser value than what you want to get for him. So that's kind of my question. Is Benning, is he willing to do that yet? Is he willing to move on from Yulevi if he has to? So I'll take my run at this. And I believe that he is willing to move on from Oli and he is willing to trade him and he is willing to throw him on waivers. However, Oli signing that 
that league minimum deal makes it way more difficult for Benning to a want to do that for him or b need to do that to move him. So I think that puts him in good, in good shape. He's made some signings on this roster in the form of hunt, uh, you know, guys like that, some, some solid veterans, Luke Shen, that, that he knows can play at the NHL level that he knows has as bottom pairing chops to play. And it's not going to be an issue. Brett hunts a very good defenseman. I don't think any, there's not enough people that know that. So I heard he could play forward too. The guy, I mean, the guy can do a little bit of everything, right? So, mm-hmm. so the player is is 100 he can move on from him and i and i don't think he's got an issue doing that the contract says otherwise that's that good bet that i'm talking about right and ryan to to your point of of, of saying like look i don't think he wants any more bad press move on from another failed draft pick if they put a guy like Oli on waivers he's going to get snapped up former first rounder all you have to do is look at a guy like madison bowie on this roster and he's in the same situation went through the same thing and is a very similar player He's still not in the NHL and he could just very easily end up on another roster somewhere else sitting in the number seven, eight spot and nothing will change. But I think you can't necessarily put that on like a Madison Bowie that like, look where he got drafted. They weren't, they weren't having failed draft picks. Mm -hmm. He got drafted to Washington, right? They weren't, they weren't having failed draft picks. They were having the opposite of that. So this but it's is not a, like he's making a ton of money. No, so it's, but it's not the, somewhere on a roster. All right? I'm saying is it's not the player and the money. They both came up different ways. They have the same kind of trajectory as far as where things mm-hmm. are going. The pedigree is different. I yeah, see what you're saying. Yeah. So like if you're coming up from Washington, like, oh, well, we didn't make Madison Bowie work. Life's going to go on. In Vancouver, it's like, <sighs> like, no, we don't have Stanley Cups to talk about. We don't have Alex Ovechkin and Backstrom and all these guys and massive success year after year after year, trophies after this, after that. You know, this is the Canucks that have struggled for the last 10 years. Very different. Mm-hmm. So that one player yeah. is like the straw that I'm not going to say the straw broke no. the camel's back, yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's forcing it a bit. The bet has yeah. been placed on, on Oli and it's the right bet to place. Yeah. But there, mm-hmm. there's already three guys, three, four guys, probably four guys sitting on this <laughs> roster that, that could, could ultimately take his spot. And I don't think anybody misses a beat. And, and I don't think that. I don't think that that Oli's going to outplay Rathbone. I just don't. Yeah. Well, one's going to get too more much offense there to 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 walk away from the defensive possible deficiencies that Rathbone brings. But I mean, when you look at the roster, people would argue that we have a very offensive-minded back end. So maybe it's a guy like Yulevi that you you're hoping that he can you know bring enough defensively where that offense that Rathbone's going to bring doesn't matter as, as much. They'll both get opportunity for that for sure. So, sort of. I, I, I am of the mindset that you can't have enough enough offensive defenders on your and, – and that by having the puck all the time – It's like drafting and, running and backs. But as long as they can play defense too, right, Ted? Like as long as they can play defense too because defense comes first. Well, sort of. I mean, but you don't need the guys – like you don't need the Chris Tanos of the world that are strictly defensive defensemen anymore because – Mm-hmm. Because Mitchell. if you have the puck all the time, and that's why puck possession has become such a huge thing, right? Why Corsi's such yeah. a thing, right? Because mm-hmm. a defensive defenseman doesn't give you that. Granted, I, you should be able to defend in your own end. Yeah, but and I, I guess a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people seem to forget that defense is a team game. It's not just your defenseman, right? You're it's a whole team. Right. It's forwards too, right? So I see and, what you're saying. And defending is just having the puck, right? I yeah. mean, getting the puck back, breaking out of your zone, moving into the offensive zone, scoring chances eliminated. There you go. I got one thing to cool. talk about. Um, did you guys, um, either of you guys, hear Travis Green's interview on the Vancast this week? 
I listened to a little bit of it, not too much. I, uh, so you know, I got I got to my destination. I ran out of time. There you go. There you go. Out <laughs> of boy. Uh, it was really interesting because it, it Travis Green opened up a little bit, and anybody that's heard any of his interviews, he's he's not exactly forthcoming all that much, but mm-hmm. he did give a little bit of insight into how this team is going to be this year, and. With guys like Pod Colson coming into the lineup, uh, obviously having Luke Shen back, having Rathbone, um, adding Connor Garland, as far as our podcast is concerned, PP1 Podcast, their power play, both one and two, that'll be our the farm team. Maybe we'll have like a farm team podcast, PP2. Yeah, PP2, there yeah. you go, nice. And, uh, you know, PP1 you, and the PP2. Yeah. <laughs> wow, how old are we? Um he was just discussing that he's got guys like a guy like Connor Garland can be, you know, he can be a bumper guy. He can be the, you know, your down low guy. He can be on, on the, the point. Like they've got enough versatile players on even the first one that it can actually carry over now to that second yep. unit, which actually last year definitely had times where the second unit actually got stuff done because they wasted so much time on the first one. So, I think having a full season, essentially, of Hoglander, um, adding Pod Colson, which I don't think is going to get any PP1 time, but he definitely could you know, flirt with the second unit. I think they've got enough guys on that top unit where there's they're versatile players. There's maybe unique style um, in a bunch of these guys. I haven't really seen a whole lot of Con- Connor Garland, so I'm not going to speak like I know um, how great this player is, and I know he is good, but... I would love to see him um, fit in a Canucks jersey just to see how he meshes with his current teammates. I- I'm excited because I know there's a lot of potential on that top unit. Obviously, even on our top two lines when it's five on five. But now you actually can carry over and you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket on that top unit. You can actually blend a little bit over to that second unit. And you're not really downgrading that much because you've got enough guys that can get the job done on either one. Hopefully it gets all done in one, but now maybe you can go with three and two. Maybe you can have three forwards and two defensemen again, two guys patrolling the blue line, or maybe you just have a solid defender on each one and you just overload on all the talent you've got up front. So um, I don't know, whoever has the hottest take, by all means run with it. But uh, I'm kind of excited for the fact that it sounds like this team is willing to make a push and put more of the emphasis on that special teams when they've had so many opportunities to do so last season. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I think as a podcast, you know, remember back in the day when we would have a little update for the power play every week and it was actually fun because the Canucks were like in the top five all the time. And then it sucked. I think that's, yeah, that actually has a chance to happen again. And I mean, um, I I think we we might have talked about this last week, so like some possible combinations. But I really do like the idea of Garland uh, coming up to the top unit and actually, uh, you know, I know I know I was a big for Miller playing third line center for a little while, but you, maybe you, you move Miller down to the the second center position on uh, power play two. And like you were saying, Ryan, I I actually really dig uh, you know maybe trying to put two defenders on that unit. You go with like a Rathbone. Uh, OEL combo, and you've got Hoglander and Punk Colson on the wings. It sounds that sounds pretty nice to me. I mean, it's a possibility, right? There's enough there's enough weapons there that you don't just overload one, and you have just your stinkers, whatever's left over. So it's it's nice to talk about that at least 
and we're not just thinking, man, they better get it done on that first unit. Whereas now they can cycle two. Mm-hmm. You want to mm-hmm. see that top unit score, obviously. That's that's the bread and butter. That's where you're going to have you know the the best talent. But you can also have a pretty quick moving second unit as well, um, which I think is also going to carry over into their PK this season. I'm excited to see that. So yes, Ted. Yeah, yeah. I think you, there's there's three defenders that I feel really good about putting on the power play. You guys named them, right? Obviously, it's 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 Hughes. It's uh, OEL, and, and we're probably looking at Rathbone as the other guy. And I think that there's probably, you're probably looking at seven forwards that could play on the power play at any given time, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's okay if we want to use one of those guys uh, and we move them away from a download position and, and put them on the power play. I mean, we, heck, we saw Vertanen sitting out there for periods last year, uh, even the year before that. So I'm okay with experimenting with that. I, I don't like the idea of having a Myers on the power play. He'll be on the that second worst he's, case. He's he's going to have to get his minutes mm-hmm. somewhere, right? And he does have the ability to pay the power play, even though I don't think he's as much of a threat mm-hmm. in there as as probably another forward might be. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm really excited to see what happens with 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 Connor Garland and how he impacts Bo Horvat and how he also impacts Nils Hoglander because he's kind of a cross between those two players, right? He's a shooter, a lot like Besser is, but he's also a sort of smaller water bug guy like Hoglander is. So. It's very unlikely that we're going to see, in my opinion, that we're going to see a Garland and Hoaglander on the same line together. But mm-hmm. then if you're going to have two shooters playing on the same line together and a guy like Besser and a guy like uh, and a guy like Garland, who's that center in that spot? Is it is it Horvat? Is it Miller? Mm-hmm. Is it is it Pedersen? Do you want Pedersen not to be the shooter on the power play? Who's going to be the distributor for that guy, right? So even Miller himself is is can be pretty selfish on the power play and be that shooter, which I love. So don't get me wrong. It's kind of it's almost the fact that it's less about the wingers and more about the fact that we have three scoring centers instead of you know playmaking centers, which is kind of a, a bit of an anomaly when it comes to NHL rosters. Shooting centers, you should even say. Do you think you think there's a chance that where? the second unit would maybe go for more of a like shoot from the point kind of style. And you got big guys like Miller and uh, pod Coles and then like the feisty little hoglander crash in the net and trying to, you know, get garbage rebounds. Or do you think they kind of go for more of an umbrella and, uh, you know, similar attack as the first unit? I, I think that it's going to be umbrella just based on how well all of those guys can move the puck. So I mm-hmm. feel like they're going to umbrella. They're going to overload. I don't know where the bomb comes from. Right. I mean, Hughes was a shooter a bit last year, but but even most of his goals that we saw when they scored, it was about it was about movement. It was about getting the the, the defenders to move left right. It was about getting the goaltender to move left right before either he took a shot and went opposite or he hit a guy back door right. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like although I love the idea of a big shot from the point, I mean, who doesn't watch you know who doesn't watch Weber and get a hockey boner right? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> so I'd love to see the bomb. I don't know where that bomb comes from because I'm not sure that it's Myers and he probably might have the biggest shot existing on the team. Especially Myers is a bomb. Time. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Tyler Myers. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Miller even makes it to the second power. Good, play good cue though, Brady. You think what do you, what do you think Horvat drops down? No, I think he's there. I I mean it's it's tough because like who do you're right? Who do you because I mean off? who do you who who do you have a center if you're keeping your PP one the exact same as it was last year. Well, who's your who's your power play two right? center, right? Yeah. What that's, happens? You're not gonna have big, Dickinson out there. What happens after a big contract signing from PD too, right? I mean, all he's done is improve every year on the faceoff as well. How much better does he get from year whatever to this year? It, yeah, I we, mean, is he is he a viable option? Does he turn into a 53 percent guy on the faceoff at that point? How do you move him away from the center spot? I think. Yeah, and then I guess at that point you don't really need Miller either. 
I yeah. think no, I think you put Bo in the second unit. But Bo was our Bo was our number one power play specialist last year. That's true. That's where he scored his points. And I mean, if you're going to go for a more offensive minded Horvat. Uh, with you know the acquisition of Dickinson, listen I mean, to I us. Think listen to this. You got to have him. You got to have him on your first unit. Listen to what we're talking about. We're we're talking about the virtues of what went well last season. Like, hey, we have too much good over here. How do we how do we keep the good here? I don't want to. I don't want to move the more good over here. Uh, this is great. This I, is- I like the idea of of uh, of Horvat Garland. Hoaglander, even though I, I said that I don't think mm-hmm. that the team is going to keep those guys together because two small guys, but yeah. but it's very clear to me that Horvat is a shooting center, and and yeah. to me, all Hoaglander has done is show what he does to get the puck back in that sort of Yannick Hansen ilk, yeah. right? The way mm-hmm. that he forechecks, the way that he moves, the way that he's a bit of a pinball out there, and and when you have a little a guy who can do a little bit of both in Connor Garland, I feel like there's great great chance for success there. Love it, love it. You had, a, you had a, a gasp there, Brady. Did you have a comment? I was just going to say, I think it was, I was listening to Sat Shaw on another podcast and um, he was saying that uh, he doesn't think that Garland and Horvat are actually going to mesh very well. They're both kind of shoot first mentality players. I can't speak on Garland too much. Like, cause like Ryan said, I, I haven't watched too much on him either. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see obviously to see if that chemistry forms, but it's just great that we have so many different options. And I think that was another part of, uh, what green was saying on that van cast as well, or maybe it was another interview, but it's just, it's just good to have all these options. There's I've been writing down line combinations almost every day. And it's just, you know, we're excited for hockey this year. And it's crazy to think that you're, you're right. B and, and we haven't even talked about the fact that there's still a guy like Pod Colson who's been lethal lethal at the, on the power play with his peers. And, and I think with the right training and working with the right players, I mean, that shot that he has is ridiculous and we haven't even seen that yet. Mm-hmm. we're going to be fighting like oh this guy like we're going to be at the point again where that's where that's where this podcast was based the the idea of the pp1 right like that was always the talk for the canucks like who was going to be on that top unit and we've kind of almost come full circle again where that is what we're talking about which i think is super awesome because in the last years like well as long as someone does something i don't really care but now there's actually like there's enthusiasm about it you're hearing it in the media as far as you know interviews down on whether it's 650 or on other podcasts like people are talking about the potential for the man advantage which um they had many chances last season so i i think it's uh it's good news it's good makes me feel all warm inside and it's not just the fact that it's 41 degrees in here right now yeah it is uh it's pretty pretty cool down here in the basement in the the man cave it's uh very comfortable i i'm quite a fan of what's going on here so that makes one of us <laughs> yeah well i could care less if you guys are uncomfortable so um <laughs> we're, we're we're at about the hour mark and you know people stopped listening to us i'm sure at, at some point so um any uh i was just going to mention i kind of had in our rundown ted you you're looking like there's a fly about to eat you yeah or something. did you guys like did you guys see that that ridiculous that ridiculous play at the at the Dodgers national or Dodgers the slide, the, game. the slide was it just like the yeah. slide at home plate? The, the how, Turner, how clean it was? It was just smooth criminal. I mean, he slides first off. He's Trey Turner, like Michael Jackson out there. Yeah, ever since he left the Nats, I mean, well, he was playing in the Nats, he didn't get the cover that he was there. He might be the fastest player in baseball. 
but for him to first off be able to get that base and steal home not, or get to home on the play but then the fact that he did it so nonchalantly if you get a chance anybody go check out this Trey Turner I've seen it like a hundred times it's, it's, it's good it's good you can stick you could stick it on a gif and just watch it over and over and over again and like sliding into some dms you know that'd be the oh, perfect that's gif. what it looks like you're 100 right that's the new <laughs> yeah. that's it the new so sliding nice. into dms i love it i, it, it was, I could try to slide 100 times and not just not just get up, up off my feet like that so smoothly it would never happen but like i mean ted you and i we play we've got two ball teams right and in our uh, in our hops, say t-ball <laughs> yeah one of them so that's our third league we don't talk about I think I get hits. Yeah, yeah, I'm batting 100 in that league. But, I mean, we're allowed to steal in that league, right? And yeah. and slide and blah, blah, blah. I've never... There's never been an opportunity, let alone even if there was, to slide that smoothly. Like, if there was a microphone on that, I doubt you even hear any gravel. Any, any you know? There's no, no. There's no dirt sound. It's just... Just perfect. It was, it was Ken Griffey Jr. backwards had at the All-Star game. Cool. It was yeah. Matt Ferguson on that one. It was. It, it was, was like he was on ice. It looked like if there was an Olympic event for that, he'd be a gold medalist for smoothness, for oh, smooth yeah. sliding. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, speaking of baseball, and then we'll probably cap out. Uh, we had our uh, our rec league game on Monday night. Ted and I. Uh, we had the nine forty five game. Um, I pitched for that team, and things things didn't go so well on the defensive side of the ball on either team. I believe the final score was like twenty-five to twenty-three. So, uh, so we go, we got back, yeah, and and they they did a download of the score. The score was twenty-nine thirty. Oh. <laughs> okay, so it was worse than I remember. <laughs> so basically, yeah, it was have... who can get three outs instead of five runs. That's pretty much how that game set yeah. out. It's a it's a work team. They're we're not very good, but it's fun. We couldn't. We couldn't defend it all. No. And basically what had happened, we were going through our seventh inning collapse and the power went out. At 11.15, on the dot, all of a sudden, like the big spotlights, all of a sudden, boom, pitch black. It went from so bright to we couldn't see anything. And the only reason I found my way back to the dugout was because Nelly was playing on the stereo. That's true. That's true. Was it batter up was up, I think? It was batter up. Yeah. So they had just got a hit over me. This is like talking about fantasy football. No one really cares. But... They had just got a hit off me because we just needed three outs. I think I had one, and it goes pitch black, and I'm freaking out, as is everyone else, because I don't want someone to throw in the ball because now everybody's a target at that point. So everyone freaks out. We all managed to get our cell phones with the lights out, and that was the ball game. It was, we won the game it was the most the power going out. It was the most anticlimactic way to finish it. But, uh, folks, just as a word to, the, word to the wise, and I'm sure it happens in, uh, in hockey rinks too where they shut the lights out, you know, Finish the game on time. Have have a final result is basically what I'm trying to get at. So, um, B, if you're out here, we should always uh, we should try to get you in a game if you happen to make it past 100. Make I'd it past the COVID sure. law and uh, past whatever variant will be at at that point. But uh, yeah, man. Any I'm final Barry words? It for you. You, you. Hey, if we could probably use it because uh, yeah, because Mister Barry over there, um, he ruins it for everybody by getting the home run, and then we're not allowed to hit one after that. So. And then he goes and bats on the Way other go, side. Ted. Then he goes and bats on the other side of the plate, just yeah, like I've a jackass. So selfish in my life for hitting home runs. It's well, so then he goes and he shows off and hits the opposite. He does. Oh, jeez. Yeah, what a show off. He is a show off. So come on, guys, Ted. It's, guys, it's slow pitch. They're literally lobbing the ball. To they you. are literally. They are. So, <laughs> um, Ted, any final words? No, man. Okay, I thanks, think, Brady. Think any final fun. words? No, man. <laughs> Well, I have to 
close out. So <laughs> I, I have to. No, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. Oh. Obviously, your podcast. What? What now? Over, over under on Pedersen and he and or Hughes, one or the other, locked up by this time next week. No. Under. Under. I'm gonna say under as well. That wasn't under. any fun. Yeah. Over. PD signs. A miracle. You're happens. an idiot. Okay, yeah. close this thing <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening we're on the Dean Blundell Network you can find us basically wherever you can get a podcast make sure you follow our Twitter and our Instagram and our personal ones as well because we're all exciting people away from the podcast believe it or not Brady's got uh, some pretty catchy stuff Ted's got jokes that still go over my head somehow um, you know <laughs> lots of good footage I hear but uh, make sure yeah. you check us out and our summer skates should be arriving any day now so there are a handful of pairs that you can buy Twenty nine ninety nine. Because as soon as they go on the website, they cost more, and I believe there will be koozies as well with those. So make sure you hit me up in the DMs, and I will be sending away those prizes from our hundredth episode. Uh, we've had a bunch of stuff happen over here, and I also had holidays. Um, but we'll make sure those are going out either tomorrow or the next day. I promise. I've already got them in boxes. So on behalf of Ted in the one corner, Brady on the bottom. I'm Ryan. This is episode one hundred two of the PP1 podcast, the summer edition. Peace out. See you next week. Much love, y'all. It's your boy, Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two podcast and DB2 Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Fridays. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca.